This week on The Reverse Stick, Rob Abbott's joining us because we're not going to talk about Rob Abbott. Also, former Australian indoor international, Wayne. Is that really how you spell your name? Yeah, it is, mate, it is. And welcome once again to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee, joined this week by... Me. <laughs> Is it me? Matt Allen. Matt Allen, that's me. Yeah, it's you. It's me. Well, here we are once again for episode 130 of the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Now, we're not alone. We're not alone. The past few weeks, it's been great. We've had people coming along and join us in the studio, and it, tonight it's no different. And welcome to Wayne Blazer Jack. We'll call him Blazer from now on because it's even hard to say it, let alone spell it, John. It is. Um, uh, and uh, Wayne's a friend of ours and has got a wealth of hockey knowledge and lots of hockey stories to tell, and we'll, we'll uh, get all over that as the show goes on. Wayne, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Matt. Um, Good to have you here, Blaz. It's wonderful, Matt. <laughs> I, I, um, I did want to start with something. Rob Abbott's joining us as well. It's a blunder. There's lightning. Playing hockey is frightening. You're gonna get six points. <laughs> baby! <laughs> no? <laughs> Just thought of that this afternoon. Well, Where do we start? Where do we start? Where did you get that from? What? what? What inspired that? Just, mate, just one of those flashes of brilliance that, you know, that I get every week. I'm still waiting until White's taken 130 episodes to get me on. <laughs> <laughs> and That's a fair call. Well, yeah, and I'm still wondering why he didn't bring his own beer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've done all right, Adam. That's, that's obviously Bla- Blazers no taking, taking up the mantle of the heckler in the corner there. <laughs> yes. eh? The funny thing is both of you notice both hecklers yeah. bleed black and white. They do bleed black and white. They do. do. Let's get on to some results, though. The news... Uh, what's been happening? Some senior women's happening in Santiago in Chile, between Chile and Japan, and pretty tight set of games down there, Matt. Um, 1-0 win to Japan in Game 1, then it was a one all draw in Game 2. Game 3, deja vu, one all draw. Again. And then there was more deja vu, because Japan beat Chile 1-0 in the final game. So, serious victory to Japan there. But not too many goals scored. Obviously a tight, dour tussle. Yes? No? Maybe? No drag flickers. No, I haven't seen any. But we, no, we, we, we talked, I think we, when we recorded last week, the first two games or the first three games had happened there. Yeah, it, it's tight. Uh, also, the series in Stellenbosch, Germany and Republic of South Africa has finished up. The uh, final game in the series was a 4-0 win for the Germans there. Uh Ranking points. And we're going to talk about ranking points tonight. Mm. There's an article went out about the lie of the land uh, in the past month since the new ranking uh, system has been employed. Uh, South Africa gets, gets 16 points. Oh, no, that's wrong. They get 900. No, no that's their ranking. That's they get 1,930 no. or whatever it is. The, the bracket number is the number of points they have. That's, that's right. Okay, that's what I'm looking at. And the, they're... I thought I was going to bring something insightful to the conversation then, and I'm just uh, made a fool of myself. No, no, not really. That's exactly the sort of misinformation we're known here for here the reverse stick. But uh, once again, it, but it comes down to the point about let's make it easy for, 
for us, please, FIH, to get hold of the stats and, and, and try and work them out a little bit? Stats, stats, very important. We do more about that. Uh, also, test matches going on between Argentina. And Japan, Argentina and Japan, not Argentina, <laughs> Argentina and Japan for the That's women. Lo- it is a lovely cocktail, though. <laughs> is yeah. Mar del Plata in Argentina was a venue. Three matches there were played. First match was a 3-1 victory to Argentina, of course, warming up for their first games in the Pro League. Game two, Japan got a bit closer, a 3-2 scoreline. And in the final game, uh, it was Argentina romping home six goals to one. Uh, you think? Japan would be uh, a bit disappointed with the final game, but Argentina keep their ranking at three because they've got a lot of points and Japan not quite as many and they're 14s. I think it's great for Japan to be getting such quality opposition on the lead into home Olympics. Oh yeah, they'll be loving that. And you, we don't know, we haven't had a close look at the lineups either. I mean, whether maybe in the final game Japan played their worst team and Argentina played all their stars and that's how it turns out. You know, all international hockey, if you're involved in the Olympics, John, is uh, it's all about building towards those Olympics. So the Reed, coaches in the pro league tell us. Reed that's what they keep well, telling Well, that's us. what they tell us. But surely, isn't this hockey at its best? Uh, let's get on to the pro league. Let's hockey start... at its... We're, we're going to be showing our best at the Olympics. <laughs> hockey at its keep best an eye, because we're going to keep really trying hard up until then. Let's get to the men first because the women's is obviously somewhat problematic with what happened, um, and we'll talk about oh, it. Sorry, with what? With what? Hey, with what? Six points, Matt. Come on, <laughs> you're like thunder. You're like lightning. They blunder. The way you blunder. play hockey is frightening. Yes, thanks. I think I did that, didn't I? Hey, what? Yeah. He did, honestly, listeners, he doesn't listen to anything that I say in the show. <laughs> he's he's he's, he's, he's like he's like he's uh, he's driving a HGV vehicle. And he's looking five seconds ahead. You know, there's that defensive driving thing. And he's just oblivious to anything that I say in between times. It's just rude. The weekend for the men started off with the Netherlands playing Spain. And it was 4-3 in favour of the Dutch. They got over the top of um, Spanish. So I think they were leading 4-1 at one stage. And late rush once again from Spain. But they couldn't force that draw to go into that, that shootout thing. Yeah. Shuffles, they were calling him in indoor. We'll get to that later, but anyway. Um, next up, we're home here in Sydney, Matt. Um, well, well, we can talk about this game, but uh, eventually it was uh, a four-all draw and finally a 3-1 bonus point to <laughs> the Australians in the shootout. Um, well, a, four, a, a, four, a 4-4 four draw, but after Australia gifting two goals to GB, just... The uh, the failed out. Four four. Hey. It just says four four. There's nothing about gifts. No, <laughs> mate. There were two gifts there. An overhead that just did, well didn't. It was, was, it, a, was it was a low overhead. Was it still Christmas for Haywood? Uh, mm, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Presents and, away. And, okay. And the and the, turn, and the turnover on the yeah, on the on the halfway line. Absolute gifts. But Australia left it till the absolute death of the game to pull level. And as often happens, you equalise late. You go on and, and you win the shootout. A uh, few issues to talk about from that game as well. We'll wait for them. Also playing on the weekend was uh, New Zealand and Belgium in the men. But John, um, pronounce it right. The Belgians. Thank you. Uh, and it was a win to the Belgians. They they got over the top of New Zealand. Six goals to two. Fairly com- comprehensive. It was 4-1 before half time. So. Can I just say that squeaking is, uh, is Blaz in the fat chair today? Uh, it's not you. It's not, well, look. Oh, I'm wiggling around on the stool here. Chairs, didn't you? 
So there we go. So maybe it isn't, maybe it isn't the chair. Now these mics are so good, Blaz, they probably won't pick it up. <laughs> um, New Zealand, yeah, losing to Belgium 6-2. Then we were back to play the uh, second up home game, home away game. Uh, Netherlands taking on Spain. No, not home away game. Home, home, away, home, away. Home, home, away, home sort yeah. of thing. And uh, it was the Netherlands scoring the requisite four goals they do against the Spanish. Uh, they couldn't get any more than they did the other day. In fact, they got one less. 4-2, the final result there. And uh, pretty much in control by the Netherlands in both those games. Australia played Great Britain again, and it was a 5-1 victory to the Australians. They pretty much romped that game in, didn't yeah, they? And yeah. um, it must be said... Perhaps the conditions of the day before really didn't play into Great Britain's well, hand. Goal, there. Goal, goal number five was when the keeper was off, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goal number six was almost allowed by uh, with Kurt Lovett on his debut, um, and uh, some uh, killer passing op- opened up uh, a very advanced GB side, and Lovett was just on there, right at the death. The siren didn't sound, well, it certainly didn't w- when I was watching it, and uh, he looked at the umpire. They celebrated, his teammates were all over him, it carried on for three or four minutes, and about five minutes later we got the, uh, the umpire um, verdict that it wasn't, it, was a, it wasn't a goal, and it was after the buzzer. Yep. Um, oh, the agony, won. the ecstasy. They won 5-1 anyway. Won I'm sure he wouldn't won. have been that upset. Yeah, and then the final game for the weekend was Belgium versus New Zealand. Didn't go all New Zealand, uh, Belgium's way this time around. A 3-1 victory. Um, yeah, so what that means for the table is uh, Belgium are out on top. They've won three of their four games played. Netherlands are in second place. Australia third. Followed by Germany, India, Great Britain, Spain and Argentina are in eighth position. They haven't played a game yet, but they're still above New Zealand who are in ninth. <laughs> They've played two games and have negative six as a goal difference. Uh, so we, yeah. as, with last, as, with, as with last year, though, mate, it's a, there's a lot of hockey oh, to be played and until you see what it's like at the end of the season. Well, well, when, the when lo- the luxury some... isn't there of the playoffs this, this year, though, yeah. so Belgium will be very happy to get those points under the belt. On one the of, road. One of the problems we've had with the whole fixture in the Pro League is that it's not a real league. You've got teams that have played four games and teams that haven't even played a game yet. It, it's not... When, when you talk to fans about what they expect from a league, it's everybody playing within a reasonably short space of time. So, you know, all the game you have a round. And yeah, over, over round. a week or a weekend or yeah, a week or two-week period or something. It's so all over the shop, it makes yeah. people... It makes it hard for but people to engage but with. It's, but the reason is, follow the sun, John. It's follow the sun. Follow the sun? Yeah. And isn't you know, that just working out perfectly for everybody? Let's talk about following the sun a little bit later because we'll get through the women's results first. Uh, let's see how far about... Uh, USA, no, we got through that game. New Zealand and Belgium on the women's side of things. Game one, it was the Belgium's taking the uh, chocolates there. Two goals to one. The belt, mate. Why do they need to take chocolates? They've got plenty at home. <laughs> oh, boom, boom. Uh, Australia versus Great Britain. Take the lamb, maybe. In the women's, it was a very important two goals to one victory by Australia in that match. They just snatched a goal in the dying few seconds of the game uh, to take that victory, and it did prove to be a very costly one for Great Britain. <laughs> yeah. Um, Next game was uh, New Zealand and Belgium again. It was a four goals to one victory to New Zealand over the Belgium girls. Uh, complete turnaround from the, the game before, first game. However, I must admit we had another one of those video umpiring sessions that we're definitely going to have to get Keely done on to talk about because I 
just cannot fathom how on a video review the decision was made to allow the fourth goal. John, it you know, all you, all you have to do, mate, is go to Twitter, hashtag AskFHU, no, I'll, I'll and the right. answer will come right. for you. No, it's too um, hard to do. But of note in that game, though, John, Olivia Mary got all four goals for New Zealand she there did. and went to, I believe, the top of the all-time uh, scoring charts for the Black Sticks girls slash women. And that was a lot. Uh, there was one more game. Now, uh, it was the Australia-Great Britain game. It's still coming up on the TMSs three days ago, round robin. Uh, is there a de- there's no, there's is no there a weather delay? Well, are, we, are we expecting to get underway again? Um, let's see. We've got the line-up. Head head green, green card. One goal for GB in the first half. There's a yellow for Australia, a green, and 30. Nothing in the third let's box see, there. Um, nothing to tells you exactly. Details? Let's click on the details. Hang on, no, just click on a player's name and see if they get a cap for clear, it. Clear sky and 22 degrees. Um, in Sydney, yeah. at the moment. No, but, that's, but, well, that was a forecast on the FIA. Well, oh. No, that would be the weather there now. Then, yeah, live yeah. weather, yeah. Three so what's days that? after the event. So that's just after midnight, um, as we record now over there in Sydney. And they might be playing now. Uh, uh, who knows? Nah, we're just kidding, eh? Just kidding. What do, we, what do you really say about this situation? Are you across at Blaz at all? Have you heard what, what went on? No. Nope. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's put it down. Essentially, uh, they're playing the game. Is this like having a commentator without a pundit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly like that. Uh, the rain came, and then the thunder and the consequent lightning came. So they had to leave the field. No, hang on. Let's start. Earlier, oh, earlier, earlier in the day, there was a men's game. Yes, that's true. GB versus Australia. And we had heat breaks. Right. Yeah. Um, we had heat breaks. And uh, so I suggested perhaps we should put some fans in the dugouts rather than have the, uh, that was the, the day heat before. The, the heat breaks. No, no, that was the, that, that was the day. Um, yeah, put some fans in the dugouts because it was so hot. Unfortunately, there were no fans there, Blas. Yes. Mm. Very small crowd. Um so we had heat breaks, and then we went to thunder and lightning and a lengthy break, and then they were back on, and then eventually they were they were off before the crucial end of the third quarter of the game. Third quarter. Yeah. Um, see, we can't really blame the FIH for any of that sort of stuff. They they can't control the weather as much as I'm sure they would love to. Weather is totally out of their control. So, okay, we accept the situation that any given match during the Pro League could suffer the same fate and be called off. We saw it last year. Then it sort of emerges to the general public. Well, we saw it last year, last year with Germany versus Argentina, didn't we? And and uh, a draw was awarded for the, the game that wasn't played. Bearing well, in mind, this was the single game taking place in a country in Pro League version 1. Bearing in mind that... They were at the venue, but the game never got underway. In fact, the game never really got close to going no. underway. And that's why it was called off. And so this is a game that had started and was well into the second quarter. So it's, it's not like they hadn't played a fair amount of the game. And when you look at a sport like cricket, the, the minimums required for those sort of time-critical matches are about a quarter of the game. It's it's not three quarters of the game is. But I think no. But I think out. generally for club However, for club hockey for you and I, it's a three quarters of the game scenario. There's you know within 
17 minutes left yeah, of the game or something like that. that like that's that. not an issue here, though. That's I, not what the issue is. I think it's um, once a game go past, goes past the first 20 minutes, is it becomes a game. Right. Yeah, I'm only just testing my memory here, but I'm pretty sure it's... Okay, well, it's, but it might be something which is different in different countries and, you know, for, for whatever. But there, there must be, there's something prescribed there generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. You've got to have something prescribed there, and it would be. But this, but this calls for new rules because of the new setup of having the home, home, away, away situation rather than just the pure home and away situation. No, it didn't. No, it didn't call for new rules at all. No, could no, have worked no, exactly no, the same no, way. No, with the, with the percentage system they had last year, it, it could have worked. worked. Perfectly well. But the problem, the problem we have with that is they had the percentage system and then didn't use it. They didn't use it and altered the system by. Splitting the points for the Germany Argentina game. Yeah. So they have, they, 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 if they, if, if they just, just said neither of you played that game and it's worked out Look, on the percentage. The end of this. You, hang on, before we go on with it, explain the percentage because some people, you know, might have only just tuned into us in the, in in the past way. couple of shows. Well, what's the setup here in our local leagues with the percentage system? How's it worked out? Uh, basically, it's worked out by. Uh, it, the number of points gained over mm-hmm. the number of points on potentially on offer yeah. worked out as a percentage. So mm-hmm. if you've got 20 points, you could potentially gain from your fixtures. So you play nine, well, five games worth so two three, points. three points for a win. Let's not confuse it too hard. Okay. Say, say you can play five, five games that season and you play all five, you can potentially win 10 points. We'll call it two points for a win. Okay, say... Um, Why are you calling it two points for a win? You, it's always three no, points the, for a win. But it doesn't Unless you start no, confusing it. No, 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 no. It hasn't always been that. It was it used to be two points for a win. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I think we should the have more points for a win. I think we should have five points for a win. Eight. Apparently six isn't a good number. People don't like six <laughs> points for a win. Um, so you got you got 20 points on offer. You could potentially win 20 points, yeah. uh, and you only win 10 points. You would be listed as having a percentage of 50%, right? Say you only I got... I wish I'd never say, asked the question. Say, oh, you, right. say you played... <laughs> say you only played eight games, you played one game less, <laughs> you, you you potentially could only win eight, uh, 18 points. Uh-huh. Uh, but say you win the five games, yeah. you win the same amount of games, but you didn't have as many points as you could win. So, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm deliberately yeah, trying yeah. to make this sound difficult. It's actually quite a simple equation. Yeah, to, to put it into context, last season, um, last game of the season, we, in our team, we had, uh, we won a game, which would have put us into fourth position. A team that was in third, um, we think, threw a game, Vic Park, uh, threw a game, sorry, and um, that the team went down. But the strangest thing about it was, the team that had the bye that was in third place or fourth place actually went to second. Right. <laughs> because yeah. it didn't play a game, so there was more percentage exactly. that had played less games. Yeah, yeah. And it actually skipped ahead of two other teams. Yeah. <laughs> but, do you, but do you think it's a fair system? No, it's total crap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what works in... Well, the, the, the thing with that, uh, that specific season, the, uh, about three or four games into the, the round, um, one team pulled out. 
Right, yeah, yeah. And so it meant there was less teams. Okay. So the so teams that are paid now, now, well, I know that, so it differs in, in some years. So sometimes you might get the points from those games that are played from the team that have dropped out. Other times they just wipe everything off there and, you, and it's a level playing field. Correct. So we actually, after we were playing them the fourth game and everyone beat them, we would have had that game, which would have given us three points. Right. Which then the percentage wouldn't have even mattered in those last games because yeah, yeah. we would have had three points And then, well, then you missed out by 0.015%. Of percent. Oh, look at it. Yes, yeah. 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 So I disagree with it. Either give everyone this, you know, the, the three points and a 5-0 win or take it off the three teams if it had happened partway through a season. All right, so what do you think about no, this? The, I think in the scenario you pointed out there, that works perfectly well. I think in, in the scenario with the Pro League, they, um, that's, well, it shouldn't happen, but it did last year with Pakistan, so I've just completely made my own <laughs> argument out, haven't I? <laughs> Boom! Although they didn't play a game, they didn't to be know. fair. No. But anyway, the, the upshot of all of this is a game gets called off. Australia were awarded six points uh, because it's, that's what the rules say should happen in a scenario such as this where game one is played and game two is called off before the prescribed time for it to be called a game. Yeah. That's the rules. That's the rules the FIH put up. It's obviously the rules the, um, the competitions committee signed off on. The National Association signed and off National on. National Association. So everybody, you know, it's one of those before the flood moments, um, Matt. But um, as, as we as we know though, and we've seen this time and time again over the past three or four years. There just doesn't seem to be any consistency with the modelling of situations and the ramifications of, of rules and justification for stuff that goes on with the game. And it's not until something slightly out of the ordinary happens and you go, oh, oh, we didn't see this, we didn't see this coming. You think, well, surely you've got to spend a bit more time and effort strategising and seeing what are the potential outcomes. If we do this, what then happens? What then happens after that? How do we manage these situations? Rather than, oh yeah, that all looks okay. Let's launch it. We're so the keen. Way we do yeah, well, that's exactly how we do it. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's symptomatic of hockey. That's the... yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there, we're talking about professionals, John. We're talking about professionals getting paid to lead our sport. How do we get to a situation like this where you even get GB hockey hockey tweeting from their official account? Um, questioning the decisions and the process. Um, you know, somebody hasn't had a conversation with somebody else there. Matty Hinch, you know, one of the, the most well-known voices and names in the game, speaking out about the ridiculousness of the, of the decision. And yes, it's ridiculous. And yes, it's written in the rules. So there's no argument, you know, but there's been plenty of debate on Twitter of some people saying, well, it's there, it's quite clear, it's there, it's in the rules, you know, why is everyone complaining well, you had a about it? The competition committee coming out saying they didn't like the rules. Yes, and they must have been involved in the process somewhere with it. Yeah, which, which is an interesting situation because I did, it was, it's Kate Richardson Walsh, and I did ask her after that tweet at, on Twitter, the question, you know, did, was this rule run by the competition committee? Mm-hmm. And she answered with a tick, which I yeah. assume means, yes, they did. From a member of the competition committee, that's all I need to know, because maybe I'm a bit old school, but things like competition committees should be a little sacrosanct group that stand as one, if you know what I mean. Now, maybe in, in future, Kate will revisit the idea of putting out a tweet like that, 
Uh, but you're but you're also taking context from a tweet, which is uh, well, one, one no, emoji. No, no, and, you know, no, no, this is this is. No, but what I'm saying is, you haven't called her up and and we haven't interviewed her about no, it and no, said, no. you know, what's your opinion with this? And she's put her opinion out there. I don't like this rule. I'm not a fan of the rule. Whatever whatever opinion she's put out there, it's there on the tweet. So yeah, but I'm not a fan of a lot of decisions that come out of committees yeah, that yeah, I've been involved with. On the, but, but the idea is that the committee stands as one. Okay, so you may not agree with the decision made within the committee, but you are. Oh, all, look, that's no. what I mean about am I old school in, in this thinking? No, 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 no. The way things work. No, no, I, no. I think there's there's room for opinion and debate within committee, with, and, yeah, and, and and you and you can you within the committee. But once you've made that decision, you stand as one as a committee. Now it's it's great that she acknowledged the fact that they talked about it, and that's all I wanted to know from it. Yes, it was discussed by the committee. But the idea that you speak outside of that committee is a bit one that concerns me. Well, not concerns me, but... But, it, but, but, you, but, but you shouldn't expect national associations using their official handles to question no, see, things. And that's why we're criticising them now. Yeah. Is that not fair? Are we? Are we? Criticizing yes, them? we are, mate. Yes, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we are. Oh, that's what we're doing, isn't it? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... You, you didn't mention that in the production meeting. What? Criticizing. We were going to be criticising hockey people. Come oh. on. Hockey family and all that. I've got a good video for you to watch. Oh, no. I saw one of yours earlier on. Mothra and Batra versus Godzilla. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, dear, I haven't got the... Twi- we'll get that twi- up later. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> and it's just an observation that perhaps, you know, you've got to be just careful about what you say out on Twitter and stuff. Because I can only assume from what Kate put on that tweet that she voted against it. And then that place is, it just opens up a dynamic within that whole committee structure I that think, I find is very, is not good. I think that rule is buried very, very deep down the list and I would be surprised if any, um, attention was paid okay. by most, by most people with here's, that being a considered outcome a, with here's it. Here's a scenario. It would be a, oh yeah, fair enough, put it through. It'd be two, scenario. you know, it'd be 2.30 in the afternoon. Oh, it'd be the last, the last item on the agenda. Where are we? Rue de la Champagne en Lausanne. You know, we know the best cocktail bars in Lausanne are there, right next to all the international sporting associations. All of the head offices, 2.30, 3 o'clock. I think that's enough for today. Are we happy with that, everybody? Ah, yeah, that'll do. Off consider, we go. Consider this. It could be argued that Great Britain got to the Pro League finals last year on the back of the FIH not following their rules. Now, whether that's right or not you, is, is irrelevant, but it could be argued reasonably. Yeah? Mm. Okay. So if I'm a representative of Great Britain, do you not reckon that one of the first bits of the bloody playing conditions I'd be looking at would be exactly that scenario? I don't know about you, Matt, and we're simple club hockey players who wander around oh, every Saturday simple, afternoon. Simple folk. But I, if if that's striking us as something that you would reasonably expect someone in that position to do, wouldn't the experts be thinking it's reasonably expected? Well, could you could you say it's looked at and they go, well, it could work in our favour, it could work against us, just like any other scenario on the hockey Absolutely. field. It's it's fair bump play on. Absolutely. And I would have thought that if anybody had a real problem about it, they would have been voicing their opinion two weeks ago when it happened in the American-Dutch double-up games. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, 
once again, circumstances oh, outside and, and another totally control. unique circumstance exactly. as well. Exactly. Um, anyway. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, maybe a roadmap on and and uh, a bit of foresight on what could happen might give us the answers as to how we handle the situations when they actually do happen. Uh, one more thing we should mention about the Pro League, fan-focused entertainment events and all that sort of stuff. Who thought it was a good idea to play those games in Sydney during the middle of the day? In January. Okay, maybe it was February 1st, but February is traditionally as hot as January is. Mate, you play, what was going on? You play night, night, game, night games in Sydney. Now, yeah, no, 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 no. Night, night games in Sydney, you're only going to get 500 people there, mate. Come on. Really? Oh, well, we'd only quadruple the crowd. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. We better get to our guest because he's been sitting. Yeah, well, he's not a guest. He's a heckler. Heckler. Yeah, yeah. He's just jumped in there. Um, Yeah, well, we were sitting here last week when we were recording. We thought, why don't we get Blaz in and have a chat? Because he's got a really interesting hockey story. He's fortunate enough to uh, have a career that allows him to be a bit of a hockey nomad as well. So if there's an international tournament happening somewhere in the world, there's a very good chance that Blaz is playing in it. Uh, you're playing some, you play some club hockey in the UK as well at the moment? Yes, certainly are. Letchworth. Uh, so Letchworth's the club there. Yes, Let's... plug. There you go. Um, well, tell us about Letchworth, and then, t- then we'll get on to a, a club closer to all of our hearts. Oh, yes, uh, so over there for um, a little while now with the wife, um, and chose Letchworth Hockey Club within that fraternity of that area of clubs, yeah. having not known... So much about the English club setup and how they operate. Um, we actually drove around, had a look at some pictures, and yeah. saw what the clubhouses were like, and those type of things, and preferred it. it was an old style cricket club, looking yeah. out over the field, grass fields, or, hot, or uh, turf, turf field, yeah. and a bar there, and all of those okay. general tick, things tick. that make it, yep, yeah, perfect <laughs> to be there. Well, that's one of the frustrating things I, I found when I left the UK. There, there wasn't enough clubhouses next to turfs, yeah, and, 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 and that's that total disconnect that's kind of ripped clubs apart. And we, and we, we found that here with our club, and mm. we, we're in this new facility now, and we, we've Brings got our turf, together. and we're bringing the grass and the turf and, and everything together, rather yep. than having people playing all over the place. Um, uh, very, very difficult over there with that, and especially when you do go out to sit and watch the game and have a beer, you're in thermal gear. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cold, pretty chilly, but it's still good to be able to have that. And mulled wine's no good for carbo loading, is it? It's not quite the same. No, not enough hops in it. Wayne, let's let's go back though, because you have had a pretty cool hockey journey, as it turns out. When, yes. And I think as you sit here and, and explain it to us, it'll even start ticking over in your mind. Mm. Where does it start? Fremantle Hockey Club. Junior at Fremantle Hockey Club, seven years old. Packed up in the car with a couple of mates from school, from Jimmy Banks, the, one of the stalwarts of the club, and with a, the highlight of training was getting back into the car and getting to crack your lunchbox open and see what mum had packed for you to go away for the drive home. That was the highlight of I'm it. But then we, I'm glad you didn't say Jimmy giving you a stubby in it. No, that was the motivational things when you're seven, eight, nine years old. Later, in, hockey takes over. And that was down at Stevens? No, that was yeah. actually at Carrington Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the old Carrington it. Street field. So were mum and dad involved in hockey at all, or they just found a sport for you? No, no, they, they weren't at all. Mum was a squash player. Uh, dad was table tennis. Um, and Jimmy Banks and his son Jason, three houses down the road, uh, primary school together. 
it was basically like all the all the mates, another lad, C and Evans, and uh, yet thrown in the car, and off would, we went. Would it be fair to say your first exposure to hockey then was playing in the street with young mates? Like there was hockey no, sticks, and you just picked them up and played with them. Yes, yep, they're the whole family. Um, the Bankses, obviously Carolyn Parker or Carolyn yep. Banks, originally, actually babysitter for me and the younger son Jason <laughs> and Michelle the well we've talked about sister. Karen on the show before she's yes. head of head of um, netball in New South New South Wales but involved with the Hockey One board and Hockey yeah. Australia and was the one of the main organisers for the Women's World Cup when it was held here in, in, in Perth yes definitely so it's pretty hard to avoid playing yeah. hockey if she's a babysitter <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and from so from there it's to free eh yes and all the way through juniors yeah all the way through juniors at Frio um, right through to sort of under didn't play much under 17s, sort of under 15s, and then moved along into 2s and 1s. Um, At what age? When did you play 1s? 15. First age? 15. Yeah, yeah, it was first game. That was uh, when we had uh, the likes of Craig Davies, uh, yeah, yeah. Warren Birmingham, some of the yeah. Australian players. First game, um, yeah, got to stand on the wing for. So right forward line straight away. Straight forward line, yeah. straight out to left wing. You know, hide the hide the young kid away as far <laughs> as possible. Um, yeah, stood there for about five minutes, and the game finished. <laughs> lost four two. At, at what age were you when people started noticing you could score goals? I mean, because that's what you do as a hockey player, isn't it? That's uh, yeah, that's generally. But but as you sort of get older, you slide down the field further. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's right. Back then. He's, he's, he's back right. Then. No, he's, he's likes to show off and throw overheads from full. Oh, back. that's right. <laughs> that's more fun. But, but you know, as a young player, you gun goal scorer. Let's be honest. How old were you when people really started taking notice? Uh, look, I don't know when the coaches would have actually decided that. You know, we we were probably nowhere near as lucky those days as it is now in hockey with all the development, the development through the juniors and the hook into hockeys and all the programs for the right ages playing together. It was yeah. very much a you are under 11s. Girls yeah. and boys played together and yeah. the girls were usually all a bit more mature and better and <laughs> whacked us around. Um, but, you know, yeah, the, the coaches obviously decided that, yep, you're you're up front, you fit there and, and off you go. It works. And were you playing indoor hockey at the same time? Because indoor hockey's been very much part of your journey as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, indoor hockey we started yeah, obviously a bit later than that, but there was a an indoor centre down on the South Mole, the South uh, Harbour, that was yeah, down I there. Yeah, played that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, how hot was it? That <laughs> was stinking hot. So that, that's, that that's, really... that's Fremantle, Western Australia, folks. <laughs> yes, yeah. sorry about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we played down there and we started as, I think, under-13s um, with a sort of mixed team, school kids, that type of stuff, and that's where the, the major league was as well um, yeah. at that time, the, the most of the major club sides, and, you know, got dragged into a couple of games staying to watch afterwards, and someone was, you know, someone didn't turn up or someone got injured. It's like, oh, who's there on the sideline? Come in and, you know, fill in for Fremantle. So, yeah, that was the indoor, so... So, and, then, and then where did that then take you? Because you, you left the state, didn't you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the good gap year type of thing that people do. Most people now go to Europe. Um, back then, we didn't do that as much. That's really showing how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, though, mate, not many people go to flipping Canberra for the gap, gap year, do they? No, no, true. Uh, I had a had a plan, you know, gap year, and packed up the uh, the old Leyland Land Rover four-wheel drive and put the windsurfers and boards on the top and the fishing rod and... Uh, Headed across the Nullarbor to um, the Barossa Valley and um, into Mildura where my grandparents were. Worked there for a bit of time, grape picking and all of those uh, those fun things out in the heat. And then headed over to Canberra to uh, to meet a, a mate of mine who was a captain of the um, ACT under-17 teams. Um, and, yeah, basically was going to... I worked on Lake Burley Griffin being uh, in Canberra as a windsurfing instructor for a month. 
and uh, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> yeah, and then was going to head up to Sydney for a month. Uh, any any, any insurance claims against you? No, no, none at all. Yeah. Uh, so well, yeah. who who goes windsurfing on Lake Pelagruppa? I was waiting whether you'd pick up on that. Um, it was the height of summer, so it was uh, you know it wasn't okay. frozen over or anything like that. It, it's um, a bit of a touristy thing. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. maybe school kids and school groups and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah. had a month of uh, had a month of doing that. Brilliant. I, then, mu- I must I must tell you about my time as a ski instructor in the Norfolk Broads. <laughs> uh, back to and Canberra. Then, yeah, and then uh, was going to head up to the World Expo in Brisbane. Had a job there in a bar for six months at the World Expo, right. and then head up to Darwin and back down the coast, fishing, surfing, all the bits and pieces. Is any hockey though? Yeah, well, there wasn't going to be any hockey at all, and uh, got into Canberra. And um, Marty said, "Come along, we're having a summer comp." Had a bit of a bash around, and um, yeah, the, the coach of the state. 21's team was there and said, oh, you're all right. Um, why don't you have a bit of a run with the state team? You know, and we're doing trials and things. It's like, ah, oh, no, no, not going to any tournament. I'm going off to the World Expo and everything. And sort of said, where is it? And he said, oh, it's in Tasmania. And I thought, oh, I trip around Australia. There was no time I was going to Tasmania in that. Well, how long do I have to hang around for? <laughs> well, he said, oh, it goes in June. And this was about, you know, April sort of heading towards May. It's like, well, yeah, I can hang around for another month here and head off down there and... Get up to World Expo a month early. Just ring the bar. I'm going to be a month early. Um, World, World Expo. <laughs> Google it, kids. <laughs> Hashtag Loho Po. Uh, 2020 in Dubai. World Expo. Just oh, really? oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's this year then? Yes, this year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, basically I got down to... Google the, it, kids. Dubai. <laughs> down to uh, the down to Hobart <laughs> for the tournament. Uh, hang on. Maybe we might have a hockey conference there whilst we're there. Dubai. Why not? No? Good place for a revolution, apparently. Isn't it? Why not? <laughs> uh, is yeah. there a Lalit in Dubai? Is there any, sorry? A Lalit hotel. You stay in a lot of hotels. I do. Um, no, I don't think I know that one. No. Doesn't know they it. Doesn't know. <laughs> huh? Nope. Not aware of that one. Don't okay. know. We'll leave that. He knows his, ho- he knows his hotels, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He hasn't been to a Lalit. And he stays at the forest. Anyway, can't carry on away. Yeah, so <laughs> little, little hockey in, the, in Hobart for the... Under 21s, and that went all went all quite well. And um, then, um, yeah, flew back up to Canberra, spent another week there, and then headed up to the World Expo. Um, <laughs> and Rondo, you love that. Dubai Tourist Commission. What have you got about the World Expo? What have you got about it? Look, the, the long and short of this is you got a contract with Tassie Tigers playing in the then Australian Hockey League, didn't you? No. no. Oh. <laughs> Canberra. Canberra. Canberra, sorry, yeah. not Tassie. No, Strik- no. Strikers. Lakers. Strikers. Strikers. Lakers. No, there, was, there, there wasn't really contracts back then. Um, there might have been a little so bit. So they bought you a car. Stop. Hang on. Are you <laughs> recording this now? No, we've got to go yeah. back to the... Beep. <laughs> can we just beep it? Beep. We'll, we'll just sample that. that, and then you can check it over the top. So... Johnny didn't know where you were playing. Uh, so you were yes, playing for Canberra yeah. Strikers. Uh, uh, Canberra Lakers. Lakers, Yeah, sorry. at that stage, National League didn't exist. It was just National Championship, so yeah. playing for ACT. Right, okay. Yeah, cool, under cool. 21s, National. Stayed there for a few years. Might have been, we are in the, down in Tassie, they gave out a couple of sort of short-term, six-week, eight-week scholarships to the AIS. So, go, so, so going back that that long, though, what are we talking about, 50 years ago, something Somewhere like that? Somewhere thereabouts, yeah, uh, pretty close. 40, well, 50. What was the vibrancy of, in, of indoor... He's so much as bloody I have. <laughs> He's younger than you. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Um, a month or so. In, uh, what, what was the state of indoor hockey in Australia at that stage? Was the game popular? Uh, what, what, 
how did you perceive it across the states? Obviously, you, you knew what you knew from yes. WA and the ACT, but national championships, all of those things. Um, look, indoor hockey was look whether we say it was taken more seriously um, by certain realms or certain states. It it was most most states had a competition, so they ran a full competition that ran for you know outdoor finished so mid October. It kicked off and it ran through to February. And it was equivalent um, importance, wasn't it? As, as the eleven aside outdoor competition yep. during yep. winter, it, it was deemed as being. It was the indoor season, yeah. um, you know, and most people were playing round the clock. You know that that type of thing. There wasn't the finish off in October, take three months off for Christmas, come back fat and do pre-season again. It was like you know just play around the a play around the time. Yeah. And um, it, you sort of most states had like a division one competition. Some had division two as well. Um, obviously not as many numbers as outdoor hockey, but those are what filtered into your state teams and yeah. the state championships and national championships. Yeah. Ran through that focus, and then obviously they picked Australian teams and toured from there. Yeah. Yeah. So you. You're um, you're coaching Aussie over 40s at the um, uh, Masters Championship in Nottingham later in the year. You've coached A grade stuff here. What, I'm, a, I'm, what, a, I'm assistant coaching the. Uh, oh, you're sorry, yeah, yeah, assistant, assistant coaching. coaching. Yeah. Um, you've got you've got good coaching experience. What what benefits do you see to take as an indoor hockey player into the outdoor game and and the dovetailing of the two? What, if 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 there is any importance in there, what, you know what what do you think works? Oh yeah, look, there's um, there's, there's certainly latitude to to use skills and abilities in both games, without a doubt. Um, just just a really good example about this was um, how how people do take indoor hockey, um, you know, seriously in certain other uh, other associations. Um, the, you know, the 2003 World Cup held in Germany, the um, the German team of the 12 players in their team, two had never played outdoor hockey. Right, yeah, they yeah. only played indoor hockey. Well, I think we we, we, we talked about this, yeah. we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. And there's only two or three. Someone like Christopher Ruhr in Germany mm. at the moment will play both formats. There's a few, the two or three with the Germans, but across the board, a lot of the nations totally yep. totally separate squads. Correct, yeah, exactly. And um and and sort of obviously from a training skills point of view or a development, there's been times where they I think uh, Rick Charles was coach of the Australian men's outdoor team. They took some tours over to over to Europe. And took you know two or three of the Australian indoor team, and then a, a group of the outdoor players. Uh-huh. And early on, they you know results were not good from the, you know just playing against you know Bundesliga teams, teams in Germany, etc. Yeah. European teams. And as the tournament went along, they improved a heck of a lot. Yeah. And, it, and it's a different skill set. It's a different yeah. mindset. Um, I think we've seen that in the past two years with the Aussie. Um, certainly, I know with the boys. I haven't looked at the ladies quite so much, but just that. Amount of games and getting games in against quality opposition has just raised the standard, and we're quick learners. Yeah, definitely. definitely, yeah, and and it has that the levels kept kept going up. Um, the, the the indoor to outdoor side of things, yeah, everyone talks about indoors a lot lower, and you can't hit the ball, and you can't lift the ball in the field, and things. But again, the drag flicking that now is the you know the mainstay of outdoor hockey. It was all an indoor. Indoor hockey was the drag flicking. You know, you yeah. basically didn't even flick in outdoor hockey. When I was playing outdoor uh-huh. or in indoor hockey, everything's a drag flick. Yeah, and, and, it, that and is that, do you think that's sort of uh, weight balance with and with sticks and ball weight and things yeah, like that? It's, yeah, it's, definitely. It's um, look, it's a, it's how you flick. A lot of the you know a lot of the people flicking nowadays are flicking a lot lower to the ground, whereas in the older days, sticks were different. You know, different head shapes, different wooden sticks, bend in the shaft of the sticks. Those things have changed a lot into how now we're flicking in outdoor hockey. Um, 
but again, indoor hockey, lighter sticks, um, less less friction on the ball because it's usually on boards. It's yeah. really easy and smooth. You don't have the water in it or, you know, sand filled or grass. And, and those type of things have changed. Yeah, it's more but consistent. Again, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. sort of morphing, you know, indoor abilities being taken to outdoor, but then, you know, outdoor changes back the other way through other attributes. Uh, just while we're on, you mentioned drag flicks there. The lifted ball, it's it's become contentious recently about, you know, exactly how we deal with... The, the lifted ball in different scenarios. Well, yeah, on now on the field in general, inside the circle. So, yeah, but what I'm just interested in what your views are. You know, how dangerous do you think it really is? Yeah, uh, look, the, the, are you talking just overall in general and overheads into packed spaces, overheads into well, circle? You're yeah, talking I think just it all a, becomes part of the conversation. Yeah, because I think you've got to. If, well, the, well, if the you're rule, going to the, allow the, uh, the, a raised and aerial ball, mm. then you've sort of got to allow all of them. You can't, and then well, we've, we've, if we've you moved, ban them, you've got to ban them all. We've moved, yeah. we've moved within three years to sticks below the shoulder yeah. to the potential of, of stick, yeah. sticks anywhere. Oh, very, very, balls up and very rapidly. Three D yeah. skills, yeah, yeah. All, all of this has just come very, very rapidly into mm. the game. And I'm just thinking, like, obviously, in a, an indoor hockey field is much smaller than an outdoor hockey field, and, and there's no as far as I know, there's no discussion within the indoor world about the danger of those raised balls. Well, for, right. a, for a start from your corners, you've got all, all your runners coming from outside the post. Well, yeah, yeah. the keepers. But people still do jump in the net. That, you still, um, so you still end up with a post. Yeah, you still, you still end up usually with people in the net. Keepers just trying to block the first shot. But there, there is an option there. You know, you, oh, you, yeah, you mentioned this, and obviously with conversations with Simon Mason as well, about yeah. how do we limit some of the injuries that are happening and the danger that's happening with uh, with the short corner and the first runner getting clocked. Uh, that G- the GB Australia game the other night, Liam Samford, I think he went off the field twice with a knee injury as first runner. And the, and Too slow. If he's out there quick, if he's out there quick enough, <laughs> it'll it leave him in the shin pad. Yeah, it would have been below his knee. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Too slow, mate. Um... Yeah, and then you then you lead that into the interpretation of um, yeah. was it going above his knee, was it below his knee? Yeah. You know, all the timing of when was the shot taken. Um, you know, indoors a lot easier because the ball's lifted in general play. It's it's the opposition free hit. Um, in the circle, yes, it can be lifted at the goals, but it's got to be going at the goals, and yeah. you know, it can't be across, and you know, it can't be dangerous and things. And I think with indoor, it's keepers are trying to close it down. If players are jumping in the goals and to try and save it, it's like well. You, you know, you're almost creating the danger because it's probably going to become fa- coming fairly high at you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I get that interpretation too. Yeah, um, it's just the overheads. That, you know, the ones you're talking about, it's like, you know, throwing overheads and it sort of goes past someone's head a metre and a half wide and they, you know, oh, they mistrap it and they're like, well, that's dangerous. And the umpire's like, well, it wasn't dangerous if you trapped it or now, you, it, that's the interpretation. You would have played so. in the days uh, and a high level of hockey back in the days when, um, when you were you allowed to hand stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we both could. No, the, the hand stop was fine, but not when you could actually roll it in from the sidelines. That was after no, no, my day. No, right? get out, get out, man. Um, but the day when uh, you could undercut free mm. hits and yeah. lift it, and you'd see guys pinging off from a 16. Well, that would have been about your, your prime oh, era, oh, that era then. Yeah, yeah. That um, and, and, the, and the lay the stick, you know, your teammate lay the stick stick down on the angle and just hit through it for the yeah. loft up and over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, they were a beauty. Can you imagine did you ever, on a did you ever press against Keggs or Craig Davies or someone like that when, <laughs> when there was a rule? Look, we, we had our under-15 championships um, in Melbourne, and basically that was part of our game plan. There's yeah. two or three guys high, and the guys are just letting them go. You know, 
obviously Melbourne was one of the only um, major turf centres at that point in time, and you Perth. Get under them. Yeah, yeah, and you know it was skills that not all the states had turfs at that stage, so half the other teams were coming along with kids that play, were playing on grass still, and they got people on turf, basically Vickers and Victoria and WA that had turfs and were um, you know starting to use it. And yeah, it was like yeah, incredible. Was you yeah, didn't want yeah. to run one of those down. Well, well, we've got someone that's both played eleven aside and uh, indoor. Six or seven, or how, whatever you want to call it. What do you think of hockey fives? Have you got? Well, what do you know about hockey fives for a start? Do we need it? Yeah, look, I I know about it. Um, I've. So we 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 have to ask these questions because we're such super hockey nerds. We're over everything that comes out on social media, but we also recognise a lot of people that are involved in clubs. They care about that club. And that's all they care about because that's enough, and there is a disconnect between. So anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, hockey, so what do you know about it? Well, you know, obviously there was a, there's been different tournaments along the way, and it's been trialled even from the points of view going back, um, even the point systems, um, and obviously not the six points, um, <laughs> but they had the point system where you know outside goal scored, you know, from outside the twenty five counted as two or. You know, if you scored off a corner, it was only one. A field goal was three, and they've tried those yeah, in national yeah. leagues and and quarters and thirds and all the relevant bits and pieces. Then Next. down to nine aside, eight aside. You know, indoor was always six aside up until three or four, well, probably five years ago. Now they tinkered a bit with um, running as a might even be longer than that. Running with a um, five aside. I think it was and eight, eighteen months of a season, eighteen months, depending where it, was it a went. Couple yeah, of years, yeah, yeah, it went but, for. Yeah, depends on which part of the world you're on. I think Europe might have got one year with it. Anyway, yes. they got rid of it pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, look, at, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, there's always the tinkering going on within, you know, different different styles and different hockey and, you know, um, you know obviously game planning. Some tinkering's um, been good, you know, south pass, offside, you know, yeah. there's, there's, there's positive stuff that's happened. It certainly is, yeah. yeah. Um, look, uh, the five-a-side brings with it, you know, supposedly a quicker game, supposedly more goals. That's the general gist of, of what it is. People think it's a spectator sport more with goals. Score um, from anywhere. Score from anywhere, all of those type of things. It does bring some danger in. Um, Singapore does actually pay a competition with that, a Masters competition, and to be perfectly honest, it was pretty scary. Because uh, there's some guys just running along, which you'd think would be on a, a right-wing sort of position, you know, and um, and just letting it go. And yeah. it's like it's... And it comes back to the dangerous ball situation, yes, you can hit it anywhere, but when does it become dangerous? And it was, um, yeah, there was a few, a few challenges with that, but at the higher levels, yeah, I, look, I think, it, I think it worked, I think it has merit. Um, you know, as we do in training, we play small games. So small games, small intensity, yeah, that type yeah. of things to, you know, to get your touch skills up and your, your pace and your ability on the ball up. Again, does that morph into more full-blown tournaments? You know, I, I'm probably going to sit on the fence. Um, well, you, okay. So, be, so you've you've played uh, good high level of indoor hockey, of outdoor hockey. Yes. Is there? C- could you say which is which is your favourite? And uh, is is there a downside to one or the other? Yes, very good question, Matt. Thanks. I have to think about <laughs> it. Don't tell me. <laughs> got, got halfway through. Uh, yeah. The look. I, I suppose it, it comes down to more than just the hockey itself. So indoor hockey was, yes, played for Australia, yes, uh, coached at a World Cup, um, have played all over the world, um, lots of tournaments, and you know, really, really enjoyed indoor hockey, love indoor hockey. It's fast, it's quick, um, 
and it has a lot of merit for it as a as a spectator sport. You know, tried different balls at national championships for for television, so it could do that. We you know we floated a few ideas at times about you know national league and indoor hockey. You get great um, stadiums. That's oh, the thing around, you know, you, know you, just... you go to the German Bundesliga final and there's yeah. five thousand yeah. people in the stadium. Um, it's just you know, and the atmosphere there is huge. It's like going to you know some like some of the basketball games yeah. and things like in smaller stadiums. The um, the, the side of things with outdoor, outdoor, yeah, obviously played it a lot longer, enjoy it. Um, but again, there's a lot more with outdoor that comes, the, you know, the camaraderie as of in drinks afterwards, club life, club atmosphere, um, you know, that type of stuff. Yes, you, I enjoy that as well. Yeah. But there's not really, hence why it was a good question. There's not really, you know, I love both. I love the sport as a whole. I love both indoor and outdoor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but for the, for the wider experience. Yeah, it's, it's what you, you know, what you gain personally from merit. And, you know, I owe, owe a lot of things to hockey. So, you know, that most of that was outdoor. But, yeah. you know, I actually enjoy indoor very much because it's just quicker and more, you know, you don't stand around for quite as long in, you know, sort of oh. lower grades and things. You're always involved and things you, like that. Well, you've got a good business head on you. Answer this. Why do you think it would be something that's floated by the International Hockey Federation to start a totally new concept, the Hockey Fives concept, when there's already something in place there already? What what could be a potential reason to do that when there's a product there already? Um, or two products, the 11 aside and the and the indoor product. Yeah, look, it's uh, I suppose is it reaching to a you know, a wider audience. Is it driving it? You know, dr- you know, trying to get more participants. Is it try more spectator sports to come to outdoor? Look, I, you know, I, I think that the sport should be indoor hockey um, rather than going to a five-a-side. I think there should be setting up national leagues rather than just a World Cup once every so often. Getting indoor hockey involved with yeah. what goes on in Germany, what goes on in Belgium, um, Holland, Czech Republic. Um, you know, they're you know, Poland. Um, you know, the, the that, it's, that's Czechoslovakia to you, John. Czechia, yeah, Czechia, 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 Look, I'm not going there. I I hope I haven't upset anybody's political or cultural sensibilities. So yeah, especially I, I, I not think. people from that part of the world. <laughs> no, yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> While I upset people from that part of the world. No, no. Indoor hockey's you know, just as far as spectator sports. You know, we're, we're, the, the thing that we toyed with years ago in in that process was, and again, obviously, the biggest thing always comes down to funding, comes down for money, airfares, things like that. Yeah. Was actually having the national championships as 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 a you know a home and away against the states. And teams, you know, travelling. So, you know, Perth obviously travelling to Sydney and it's, you know, fly at a, you know, on a Friday afternoon so you're not taking away from people's work time. Get over there Saturday morning or afternoon, play a game because you play two games in a day in indoor. Play a game on Saturday afternoon. Crowd goes out. Saturday night, play another, okay. do some yeah. do some junior coaching. Well, this is what between. the great thing with the PSI setup is in South Africa and um, in Ireland and, and the UK now. There's kids watching these games then they're playing, or they're playing the next day, they're filling up the court the next day, they're getting 3,000 kids down there watching international standard indoor hockey, but also getting their fill of hockey over a two or three day period as well, it's brilliant. 
Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, if, if any of the PSI people out there are listening, any potential clubs looking for a coach, uh, Wayne Blazer, Jack, please experience him. Anyway, well, yeah. I'll just I'll give you a plug, mate. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Thanks, well, well, Ross, Ross Willis is scoping out Australia at the moment, so who, know, uh, who knows what, what, what might happen. Um, while we're on these sort of rules subjects and stuff, quarters. How do you sit with quarters that we've been playing recently? Well, have we just done one year? Yeah, one year of quarters. And did you have a year of quarters in, in the UK, or were they yeah. on half still then? Uh, funny story about that. <laughs> Go on. Uh, they, I was, I was filling Thanks in well. and helping coach uh, my wife's team at Letchworth, and got on there, and you know we're all ready to go, and got the girls, you know, sorted out. Team on, and I'm only filling in, so sort of know the girls enough, but not that well. And uh, we start running along, and you know it's going well, and you know rolled the first substitutions over, and the forwards are going well, and it's it's a good game, and things are continuing along, and I'm just like, yep, okay. And then after a little while, the girls, one of the girls comes and said, oh. We doing any changes? And I said, "Well, no, no. I'm just waiting for quarter time." They go, "It's 25 minutes now." <laughs> they were still playing halves. <laughs> and so I was that's it. You get that out? That six months overlap? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, "Okay, sorry about that." Um, but no, look, I, I my actual opinion is the, the the quarters are very much brought in for higher level hockey. They're brought in for the speed, the change. That the, the disadvantage you have is that. You know, teams that maybe are not quite as fit in one-off games and things like that have a bit of an ad- a bit of an advantage. They get more breaks. Um, if you're rolling through 16 or 18 in a squad mm-hmm. and you're rolling that through quarters, it's going to be a very very quick game. And you know, that's that's good for the higher level hockey. Um, it, I think it does even it out a little bit. Um, that you know, you lesser fit teams can still get by and things um, over a whole tournament. Probably not in normal hockey. Club hockey, grass hockey, no. It's, you know, part of that advantage of a season is that... You mentioned you know, grass hockey, though. Yep. We're talking to about 1% of our listenership. Sorry, turf, grass, sandfield, wet, dry. They're missing out. Yeah. That's all I can say. <laughs> yes. So, the, you know, the point with that is, you know, you, you come along on a weekend and a team that, you know, they go and decide they're going to train pretty hard, and I'm talking not necessarily first divisions and things like that clubs, but the lower downgrades as you're going yeah. down the grades... You know, if someone's prepared to be there and do a coaching session on a on a specific night of the week, get the team organised and get exactly. fourteen there every week, yeah. they've got a distinct advantage. Why the team that comes along might have a couple of better players in it, don't train. A couple of blokes you know, that run marathons in the yeah, spare time. and they, they yeah, or you know, the couple of the guys who are just stand up front and you know can, can barely run at all. But shout out to Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and then we um. Then we basically just drag that out to um, they're almost in quarters, they get a break. But yeah. if you've got 35 minutes, they, you will be found out. So it's almost promoting you know, it's a, a team that gets organised and maybe they're not as good, but yeah, they yeah, yeah. have subs every week, they do all the right stuff. They should have that advantage of, you know, as everyone always has always said, you know, you score all your goals in the last five minutes of a game. But you're getting older. You don't mind having ten minutes robbed out of your game every week. No, well, that's, I use a yellow card for that purpose. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Well, that, by extension, the next part of that question is taking 10 minutes off the game. I find that infuriating. Yeah. That look, Especially it, in the day of, like you say, 16, 18 man rolling interchanges. Like you so you played in different places with, the, with, with, with this rule, with the, fifth, yeah. with, the, with the break. I notice here locally, particularly the grass side, well, you're not supposed to leave the field for a start. No. Everybody wanders off like sheep. Yep. Or, 
you know, lowly cattle, and off they go and have a little munch around in their bags and have a bit of water, and and you're supposed to be two minutes, bang, you're back on the field. It's five minutes, six. Yeah. So are we actually losing any game time? <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. You know, we were just going to be wandering well, around doing nothing, knocking the ball off the side as far as it will go to take a bit of time out of the game correct. anyway. Run the clock down to get to the bar and those type of things. Yeah. It's, yeah. And there's one more rule change we should mention. What's that? The bully. Bring back the bully. Um. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that look, the bully. The bully is good. Oh, that's a yes. Uh, thanks, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Like the bully, it's it's clip, good. It was fun and um, it's great. But at the same time, you, you know, if the game's quicker, running along, there's instant possession. You know, does it change it? Yeah, it certainly does. Changes the dynamic. You got an extra, an extra special person with another job, like a drag flicker. Um, no, we're, we're, we're most concerned about. Start of the game and at half time, yeah. we would like quarters as well, but we'll just take the start of the game and the half time because we believe that it's a unique selling point of the game that mm-hmm. even if people don't follow the game, there's two or three things that will be said to you that will be, hey, the bully, hockey one, hockey two, hockey three, yes. or can the stick come above your shoulder? Or, well, <laughs> or, or for those a little bit older, schools. those yeah. a bit older of the uh, Centrinians era might just say jolly hockey sticks. You know, that's the. Yeah. But hockey one, hockey two, hockey three, and jolly hockey sticks. And, and I, I think, especially at the start of a game, like mm. it's that moment. It becomes a moment, and we keep hearing this crap about celebratory moments. But that is a moment. A, a push-off's a fairly lame thing to start yep. a, a game, whereas here we are starting a game with a contest, both sides even. The centre pass. Well, it's it's very much like the the centre bounce in yeah. AFL football yes. or the tip-off in basketball or anything like that. Now, if you want to make it that, okay, after a goal scored, a team pushes back, fine. No problems, right. but half-time, yep. at the beginning of the game, that moment that the crowd can sit there and wait for in anticipation, that's, yeah, look, that would be my argument for it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, look, it's, it even probably comes from before that. You know, Is it still, you know, in old school now and in lower grades, you still jog on, you still sort of three cheers, you say, shake hands, there's a piece of engagement for both teams straight away. Um, and then, you know, there's a toss of the sticks. You know which way you're going, obviously, and who's, you know, got a pass back. But, yeah, the toss of the stick, if that just points your direction of which way you're starting, and then it goes to a bully, it's still... Almost, a, you know, it's a 50-50 opportunity at that stage, and that's twice a game, as you as you say. Yeah, um, yeah look, they're, they're, they're both, um, you know, there's, there's good arguments. Should we bring that back for international teams, the, the old rah-rah hockey sticks? Because you speak to people in a lot of other countries, and they have no concept of that, what, what we do here. And I yes. think it's a fantastic little piece of... Yeah, um, you know, it's... Nostal- like, it's not nostalgia, but whatever it happens. Oh, well, no, it's, it is nostalgia, and it's, you know, it's a historic thing, but... No, that's most times now it's sort of go to your half or get in a yeah, huddle, yeah, slap yeah. your sticks and say, you know, hurrah, we're great. Um, and you and can you still do that, but yeah. have that. Yeah, that engagement, you know, do that first and then I'll come in to, you know, shake hands and it's, you know, shake hands, it's three cheers and throw the stick up and, you know, off you go. Um, yeah, all especially, especially when it's like the second game of the season and you spot that bloke that whacked you in the first game <laughs> and you just walk past shaking his head and you think, yeah, 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 this time, mate, this yeah. time. There's an evener coming. Yeah. <laughs> Elephants don't forget. It's probably a good time to bring in the quote on a social media post that I put out this week with a photograph of Mark Hagar, current GB hockey women's uh, head, head coach. No, didn't play much with or against Horry. Uh, he's, a, he's a little bit older than me. Um, uh, yeah, sort of early national championships he was sort of, yeah, uh, higher up, definitely, yeah, at that yeah, stage. Yeah. So it was, you, it was only at state championships, never club. Do you know he's a qualified engraver? 
Huh? How's that? And, <laughs> no, I wasn't uh, aware of that. And he's uh, scored the first five goals for the Cookers in an 8-1 drubbing of Spain way back in the day. You'll like this. Though. Does the he do co- his own trophies? You'll like yes, this. <laughs> yeah. The quote. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful photo. Have a look at this photo here. So there's yes. there's Horry there. Who's sure. that behind? It's um uh, that is Grant Mitten. It is, isn't it? It is Grant Mitten. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But look at the stance. Both of them, same yes. shoes, same Adidas shoes. Advertising. Um Blue Adidas. It's like, socks, it's like they've green been gold. in a in a boot scooting class together. And heel and toe, heel and toe. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Got that, it must, uh, is that a photo in November? Because <laughs> I've got the, uh, the Movember oh, moustache His hair looks pretty tidy from some of the photos I've seen of the, of the era. But you'll like this quote, John. There's no such thing as a good goalkeeper. Some are better than others, but you can't believe any of them are superior to you. Yeah, oh, it's a great quote. And that's a striker's quote there, <laughs> it is isn't indeed. it? It's not quite... The ultimate defender's quote, which I can't repeat in a family program, but the uh, from Kegs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are listening to the Reverse Techno Global Hockey Podcast. We're going to stay on the indoor theme, I reckon, John. It's indoor, 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 and why not this time of the year? Because it's when all the indoor is played. Um, now, the name that should not be spoken. Yes. Well, I can't the, speak it if we can't. To get spoken all the bloody time, Rob Abbott. He's with us. He's with us down the line right now. Rob, welcome to the reverse stick. Thanks very much, lads. Hopefully you're both well. Oh, fighting fit, Rob. We're, we're indoors as well, but for different reasons. It's a, it's a different scale, <laughs> <You're>... temperature scales. <laughs> Yes, well, it's a pleasant day here in Ireland. It's probably about 10 or 11 degrees and the sun's shining, so I can't complain in early February for that. Very nice. No rain. 10 or 11 degrees, heat wave. No, no rain. <laughs> and um, uh, hockey available on both outdoors and indoors, but most recently you've been indoors with the, uh, the national championships. Uh, we'll get on and talk about yep. other hockey stuff. Can you let the listeners know a little bit about what's gone on over the weekend? So uh, the weekend just passed, we had the uh, Hockey Island Indoor Finals that took place down in uh, Galway, in the west of Ireland. Uh, two men semi-finals, two ladies semi-finals, uh, third and fourth place games, and then obviously the, the grand finals. Uh, the winners of the Hockey Island Finals go on to represent Ireland uh, next February 2021. Uh, so yeah, it was a great weekend down in Galway. Uh, Railway Union Hockey Club from uh, Dublin uh, won both titles. Were you waiting for some sort of comment from us on that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the next question of some sort that comes along. Well, no, obviously you're umpiring and, 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 and coaching, co- coaching, Rob. Is there something you want to tell us? <laughs> so uh, it was a busy weekend for me. Obviously, uh, as one of the main organisers of the, the whole event. I also had to umpire one of the men's semi-finals and then I was coaching uh, Muckross Ladies Hockey Club uh, in the finals. Uh, we had a great semi-final win against Ards from Northern Ireland, but unfortunately we come up a little bit short in the final uh, against Railway Union, who uh, is a club I'm actually a member of myself. So <laughs> bit of very bit of complicated. Split. <laughs> So you're, you're split loyalties there in the final, especially with my wife sitting on the the bench for Railway Union as their physio. Well, 
Well, I think it oh, must. Mate, I, I think it. Ever. I think it must be testament to your standing in Irish hockey, Rob, um, that you can take on so many different roles and not be accused of any uh, injustice um, in any of those roles. Yeah, well, I like to think so. Uh, very interesting umpiring the men's semi-final as well when I was umpiring Railway Union men. Uh, a lot of them were my very close mates, but uh, I don't think I had uh, any influence on the result of the semi-final. Now, did you play in the finals last year? I, last year I was the player coach of Railway Union yeah. men's first team, and we unfortunately lost the uh, national final to Three Rock Rovers. Uh this year, I decided that I was going to coach a ladies' team indoor as well as concentrate on my umpiring. Uh, so I had a few games for the Railway Union second team. Uh, we actually competed very well in the Leinster Indoor League. We lost uh, a quarterfinal to the Railway Union A-team 3-2. Uh, and I, I, I would say it was only because of the Irish goalkeeper, Stephen O'Keefe, kept the A-team in the game. So the, mor- the moral of the story is, if you don't win the title, then umpire the following year and your club might do. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's it. Yeah, exactly. So, Rob, that means in the uh, the last two years you've been runner-up in both teams you've been involved in? Uh, yeah, thanks very much for mentioning that. Blaz will just try me in. Special comments. <laughs> maybe, maybe third time lucky next year. <laughs> well, put it this way, I'm not coming to play for your team. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, we put a skirt on you, you can come and join my team next year. Now, Rob, you're in Ireland. You're very active in the, the Irish hockey scene. You've got a Flipping terrible for Irish accent. Where, where's that come from, and how did you start playing hockey? Where, where, where's your hockey love come come from? Because you're obviously um, a nuffy like we are. So I'm a, a born and bred Londoner, born in Guy's Hospital in London Bridge, hence why uh, I support Millwall Football Club, which is just up the road where my mum and dad uh, originate from. Uh, I started hockey when I was 14. Uh, my cricket coach at the time in my cricket club and uh, a PE teacher just said to a, a few of us, why don't we go along and give it a go? Uh, so I joined Belvedere Hockey Club uh, and I just loved it from day one. Uh, the best thing when we were 14 years old going along, we were thrown straight into the men's fourth team. Then after the game, uh, the lads there looked after us. Obviously, we had teas there back in England. They They treated us to a a light shandy, even though we were 14. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then there was plenty of... half pint dimple? In a half pint dimple, yep. Uh, and obviously there was loads of uh, females around the hockey club scene as well then. And uh, I'd come from a, a football club background, which was obviously all boys. Uh, so I've stuck at it ever since. <laughs> but it's one of the strengths of hockey, actually. Stuck at what? Stuck at the females ever since. No, stuck at hockey. Oh, the hockey. Oh, it's, it's yeah, well, so the club, yeah, the club yeah, treated yeah, him yeah, so yeah. well with the females. Yeah, the sh- I don't know if it's the shandies, maybe, or... That helps. The tees. It's the tees. <laughs> so, Rob, how... how... Uh, the tees are pretty good. <laughs> well, hey, there you go. You, you've experienced uh, English tees and Irish tees. Where, where, do, where do you rank them against each other? Well... 
Uh, when, I, when I moved to Ireland and started playing hockey over here in 2003, uh, there was no tees. Uh, you only had to provide a tee, and still today, you only have to provide a tee for a team that has travelled out of province. Uh, so if I go and umpire a local game in Dublin, for example, Three Rock Rovers versus Pembroke, there are no tees. Uh, but if Banbridge or Liz Nagavi travel, the, the home team have to provide a, a tee then. So uh, not the same as in England, even if you play your local rivals in England. Obviously, there's, there's tees after the game. It's a bit different here in Ireland. So it's very similar to us here there in Australia then, Rob, because some clubs put on a sausage sizzle on a Saturday afternoon and some clubs No, you've got, still got to pay for it. No, it's different. It's different. That was the, the two things that were most brilliant about good clubs in the UK when I was there, John, was that a good feed offered to the opposition and they'd buy you a jug. They'd come over, they'd ask. Lager, yep. lager, or, lager or bitter, and preferably like a four-pint or an eight-pint jug. They come around with a half pint, dimple, dimple, uh, handled pots all the way around the team. Beautiful. Then you'd reciprocate. What would you like? Lager or bitter? Off you'd go. Yeah, Matt, I've discovered that of late. Oh, right. the last two or three years over there. Richmond Hockey Club. Yeah. Tees. Now at Letchworth. Tees. All the clubs do it. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. You should all be proud. You should be proud. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Need that big jug of lager and, uh, then a dick of the day and a, uh, and a vote you have for the teams and yeah. off you go. Best player and. It's all quite social. Well, it should be. Yeah, it's a great social side in the UK there. Uh, I remember when I was growing up, my club obviously had the dick of the day, and then they had the, the opposition liaison guy that you had to go and chat with the opposition, and there was the umpire liaison. And even when I was like 14 or 15, like you were thrown up there and you had to go and socialise with these people that you didn't like or just played a fairly competitive game against. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Rob, as, as an umpire, do you, do you know that there's guys out there that you're quite... Oh, that's something on an email. Would You know there's guys out there that when you're sitting around and you're having a beer with after the game, they're lovely fellas and, and you get on great, but the second they walk out onto a hockey field, you just think, oh, my God, I don't want to have to deal with him. Yep, there's many of them out there. Uh, but look, it's funny you're talking, I try and you're talking the game to fairly right and squarely. Sorry, Ross. <laughs> no, no, I, I obviously try and approach every game, uh, whatever's happened in the past uh, between you and players. You have to start from a, a new beginning for a new game. But uh, I'd say there are a few characters in Ireland that I, I seem to pull out a card from my uh, trousers every game for the same guy. But, I blame them. They can't help themselves. Are you a are you a talker, Rob? Do you engage in much banter, or are you one of those guys that just let players just say whatever they and you just ignore the talk? No, I think uh, as an umpire, you've got to build a, a rapport with the players, and I always try and uh, have a laugh and a joke with them when you can during the game at the right time. But then, obviously, you've got to know when to step in uh, if someone's taken it too far. Uh, the hockey circles in Ireland are pretty small, uh, so I think I've probably known 90% of the players that I umpire week in, week out. I've either played against them or have been umpiring them for the last five years. Now, Rob, we know you listen to the show. What do you think about John's views on umpiring? What, in fact, what do you think about John's views on um, junior development of umpires and uh, what age kids should be umpiring and, and, and uh, what age groups they should be umpiring? 
The only way we're going to get more umpires in uh, hockey within Ireland and anywhere in the world is to throw them a whistle quite early, uh, see if they enjoy it, see if they're, see if they're good enough, uh, see if they've got potential that you can develop them. Uh, I think it's an area of the game uh, that we're, we're really struggling in, uh, especially in Ireland here. The numbers of umpires, albeit the last year or two, have improved, but there's still not many of us compared to the amount of hockey clubs out there. Uh, I quite like the Dutch structure that everyone has to have a qualification uh, when they start playing hockey. Uh, in Ireland, it's sort of more that if you want to earn a little bit of money on a, a Saturday club umpiring, uh, people are just going to go and do it no matter if they're any good or, or not. They just see a bit of money, which... There's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, they want some money for some beers or something at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, Rob. I'm not going to get into a, a Matt-inspired argument with you about any of that stuff. <laughs> but I do... The the last bit there where you're talking about people just doing it for a bit of money, and that's caused some problems in some games I've been playing in. But how is there any way we can... We can have that system, almost like a free market economy system with umpires and keep some sort of quality control over it? Or is it just a matter of if that's the system we're going at, we accept the fo- you know, foibles of it? It's all, uh, I think it all comes back to how an actual club is run and how it looks after volunteers. Uh, unfortunately, in Ireland at the moment, uh, we're struggling with volunteers for club and people are unwilling to do things unless there's money involved, especially when it's around umpiring. Oh, good point. As for all these other umpiring things, definitely uh, <laughs> definitely chat with Keely done more than myself. Who? <laughs> chat with Keely more. Happy oh, birthday no, to you. Happy birthday. Join in, Robin. You. Happy birthday, dear Keely. Happy birthday to you. Yes, it's Keely Dunn's birthday. Today. Oh, and happy birthday, Keely, as well. Yeah, 21 again. I did. I bet she wishes. <laughs> you said that, mate, not me. Jeez. So what, what, what? She'll probably be, she'll be messaging me later once, once she hears it. <laughs> so, so, uh, you're off travelling again today. Are you playing at the moment, though? Uh, I play when I can. Uh, so uh, this okay. Saturday, uh, I, I'm umpiring a game, uh, an Irish Hockey League game at one o'clock between UCD and Corinthians. And my club, Railway Union, are playing the second team when I can. We've got a game at 4pm, which is only 10 minutes up the road from uh, where I'll be umpiring to plenty of time to get there. And throw the, the kit on and have a run around. Alright. You gotta choose one thing. Coaching, playing, umpiring. Which one is it? Oh, uh, at the moment I've just re- I come off a really good spell of, uh, coaching a great bunch of, uh, girls. So, uh, if you're, yeah, asking me now, coaching, uh, ask me in a few weeks, it could be umpiring. <laughs> ask me, uh, in a month, it could be playing. Uh, just a bit of a hockey nerd. I enjoy it all. Uh, 
fantastic. Yeah. No, coaching at the moment, I've really enjoyed the last two months, especially coaching indoor where I can wear shorts all the time. Uh, <laughs> Just before we leave you, Rob, uh, I've got one question without notice. Um, do we need video referrals in hockey? Yes. Okay, no, uh, that's... Simple answer. Yep. Okay, moving on. Uh, Rob, bring back the bully, yes or uh, no? Uh, yeah, I think it would be pretty good, oh, especially Mark. to uh, start start the game. Mark that down, quick. He's in the yes column. Start the game, what about uh, half-time, quarter-time? Yeah, yeah. Have a bully every for every start, unless there's a goal scored, the team that can see the goal can yes, yeah, uh, yeah, take yeah, the ball yeah. down. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, yeah, every now and then, I think everyone in, a lot of people in Ireland, when there's a bully called by the umpire, everyone's like, oh yeah, it's a bully. I think, uh, it's, it's a great skill of the game. Thank you, sir. Brilliant. We appreciate that. How do you, and uh, we also appreciate, quick, quick, quick uh, side question before you go. How do you think about actually, um, bringing yeah. the offside rule back in? <sighs> Now, I'm, now, not, I'm now, not actually that old, right? I, no, no, but now, now with all the overheads now and the ability of players and the skills and wow. everyone pushing up, they're trying to concede, you know, score and concede, make the game more enjoyable um, and more goals being scored, bringing back the offside rule in there with, as you just commented on, um, having, having uh, TV referrals, um, easy enough to assess what it is for an offside position and opens the game up. Open, open, uh, open, open not sure, I never... I've, I've, I've never ever played hockey when there was the offside rule in, uh, and I wouldn't be in favour of bringing it back. I think uh, I quite like the game how it's uh, open and expansive, and you can have a goal hanger up there if you want. Goal hanger. <laughs> <laughs> the goal hanger. Good question, though, Blaz. We'll have to explain uh, that. Yeah. He's obviously here to stir the pot. Thinker. Huh? Thinker. Imagine that. Trying to... Somebody stirring the pot with a bunch of pot stirrers. Rob, what a pleasure to have you join us, man. Thank, thanks so much for coming on. Great to hear. Oh, oh, oh one thing I wanted to speak to you about. PSI. How, yeah. How's your view on that in, in Ireland at the moment? Uh, yeah, no, big fan of PSI. Uh, I was listening to uh, Ross on your show there a few weeks ago. I know Ross, a uh, lovely lad. Uh, I think PSI coming to Ireland, a uh, brilliant thing for indoor hockey. Uh, we will shortly be starting the, the third year of it in Ireland, probably in the next few weeks. Uh, I know uh, a couple of the, the lads that have franchises. Uh, and Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, it's only going to help uh, indoor grow in this country. Fair play to uh, Miles Warren and uh, Ross for bringing it to Ireland. Uh, and I, yes, like I said, I think it's only going to get bigger in the next few years and it will be a huge benefit to Irish indoor hockey with kids starting the game younger. Uh, it's good to see in, in Leinster, in, in Dublin, where I'm based, we've also got uh, underage school tournaments happening, as well as underage club tournaments. So uh, the more indoor hockey the young kids can play, the better, I think. Sensational. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're right behind the Hockey Fives, just like you, Rob. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> I am going nowhere near Hockey Fives. <laughs> Rob Abbott, we'll never mention your name ever again on this show. You've been on. That's it. No longer do you exist in Hockey Circles. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, 
No worries. Thanks very much for everything. Uh, all the best. John's going to say goodbye as well now. See you, Rob. And Blazer. See, See you later. See you, Take Rob. it easy. Okay. See you later, lads. Enjoy it. Ciao. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Don't forget, you can catch up with us on all the social medias, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, all at the Reverse Stick. We are very vintage at the moment, John. Very, very vintage, yeah. You're doing a lot of that work. Yeah, but I'm finding photos and images and things, and I think they should be shared with the hockey world, and I'm popping them out there. So if you're joining us uh, for the very first time with this episode 130, He's then thank well you. This <laughs> it's going to be a long one, eh? It is. Well, it's, we're just talking hockey, aren't we, mate? That's what we're doing. Um, hockey stadium reviews. Well, reviews are big on podcasts at the moment. Believe me. Yeah, it's, you know, oh, let's have a little quirky, funny section and uh, let's go through some of the reviews on this, that and the other. That aren't related whatever it might be. People, you know, people that. looking at Amazon and... TripAdvisor, the hotel rooms, that's a funny one for a podcast, isn't it? Anyway. Generic podcast, not hockey podcast necessarily, but. Reviews. I thought I'd look at a few hockey stadiums for reviews. Um, Dan Smith, one year ago, recommends Perth Hockey Stadium. Five stars. I went to CHPS between 1975 and 1981. We had great teachers. My two favourites were Miss Epstein. In year four, and Mr. Bow in year seven. Such a good little school, just a street away, which made it even better. Which is lovely, isn't it? Is that a review of Perth Hockey Stadium? Yep. What's CPBSH? Or what? Obviously, a, a high school. What was <laughs> in, in some area. Well, anyway, uh, confused. Okay. Vargana Stadium. Como. Como Senior High School. Uh, Vargana Stadium. Uh, Vargana. Maria Eugenia uh, Fragoso, four months ago. Recommends Wagner Stadium because it's very beautiful. Nothing about the acoustics. No, just because it's very beautiful. <laughs> you find there's a few people rate these things, but very rarely do they uh, they write anything about hockey reviews, the hockey stadium reviews. Like how good the toasted sandwich is. Uh, Kalinga Stadium. Chips with gravy. Yeah, yeah, chips with gravy. Kalinga Hockey Stadium, uh, Ragar Agarwal recommends. Probably Four stars. Good screen Probably. and sound quality. Can improving cleanliness. Staff at the box office are not that friendly, though. Oh, really? Stadium is a box a office. That's at, that's at the Kalinga Stadium from... Uh, There's a box and more, office. More, more, yeah, more from the Kalinga <laughs> Stadium. Uh, I think it... Uh, this is from Europe Kumar Bug. I think it's not a standard international stadium, so may... Uh, so some improvements require. There we go. And uh, Pinaki Mishra says, Sri Lingaros, the Lord of the Universe, the Ocean of Grace. There you go. That's a roundup on uh, oh, ho- so hockey stadium question. reviews. How can the last one not be an uh, international stadium? It's got a box office. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> the next Olympics have to be in the name of that stadium. Oh, don't worry. Office. Don't worry. The Olympics will be there very soon. Oh, uh, well, coming your way. Oh, we didn't mention. Did we mention? Well, we did mention the movie. Um, Blaz, um, you go to lots of tournaments around the world. We're going to go you in a moment. The, but... um, the World Expo in Brisbane. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Iski Hockey Club in uh, Jakarta in Indonesia run a eight-a-side full-field tournament around the 6th and 7th of June. You've got a team going in there. There's an open men's comp, a Masters 45s comp. Can you tell us, have you you've been there before? You've been, 
Many times. Involved in this competition? Many times. So, sell the competition to the listeners, because uh, it might be something that's appealing to get a, uh, an eight-a-side team together for. Yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, Indonesian hockey isn't as renowned around the world as many of the, the, the more high-profile countries. Don't invest the money into it, don't have the time to do that. Had a beautiful big stadium, yeah. no box office. But um, beautiful big stadium, and that was for football. Um, but in their area, they had a, a one synthetic pitch uh, that they used for a long time. Little bit of cyclone fencing, wire fencing around the outside. It was in the big group of all their fields and rugby and soccer stadiums and everything. And um, they won the Asia Games to be hosted there uh, last year. Yep. And for that, they oh, what a state! Beautiful, beautiful stadium. stadium. We've seen the photos. Of it lit yeah. up at night and just yep. looks beautiful. Amazing stadium. Two two pitches, side Smurf by side, turf. grandstands, yes, Smurf turfs. Um, all all great. And the tournament was put on hold for, it's been running for, for many years now, put on hold for uh, two or three years whilst the stadium was built and obviously yeah. the Asia Games. And it kicked off again last year. It's been an open tournament for all of its running days. Um, but they've decided last year to put in a Masters section to the tournament and they put it decided in an age group and came up with an over 45s, which was novel in itself because you're not quite decrepit enough not to play at all and you're not still good enough to play at the, the higher level. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a very enjoyable tournament. Um, good price nomination fee. Runs okay, all right. Well, I want to go through that. Uh, price nomination fee. Yeah, what, no, what's, no. In, what's involved with it? Because that's important because, you know, pe- people look from overseas and go... Why they, they're, they're, well, they think it's going to be three grand, five grand, ten grand, what, what, whatever. The, a number comes into the mind with it, but what, where, where is the value in, in the tournament here? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of value in the tournament. Um, I, I personally uh, put it up there as one of the, the best tournaments uh, for, for fun, enjoyment, entertainment, hockey, and the social scene altogether. Uh, nomination fee, I think, off the top of my head, is about 600 US. And for that, you have the official function on the Friday night, which uh, has basically free beer um, and food on, and they obviously announce the tournament and launch it. On Saturday, you pretty much play your games during the day on a normal round robin. I think it's 15 minutes uh, Fifteen minutes a game. You might knock over four or five games during the day, and the good thing about it is all around the fields, they put um, tents, marquees. So everyone has their own marquee. And everyone's watching the games that everyone else is playing. So everyone's cheering and having fun and things like that. The cheering and having fun gets louder as the day goes on because <coughs> the advantage of the, the tournament and that nomination fee is it's free beer for all of Saturday and Sunday. So oh, that in, inspires okay, people Okay, so you can to, stay hydrated as you're playing. Yes. Yeah. That's good. And, That's and very important. Carb, keeping your carbs up. Keeping your carbs up, yeah. keeping hydrated. And you can sit and watch amazing hockey on two pitches. Have a good time. Saturday night, free for your own time to investigate the uh, the charms and the tourist destinations of Jakarta. Now, having having been um, sort of told about what your teams make up this year, yes. I mean, eight, what was it, 800 bucks for team nomination? Yeah, Six, 600, I think it is, US, US, yes. 800 Aussie. US. Mate, you blokes are making money on that. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's a pretty yeah, good it's deal. About, yeah, about 40 bucks a head or something. You know, eight on the field, couple of reserves. You, you probably need 10 or 11 because yeah. there's usually going to be a couple of hangovers that are irreversible that people just don't make the first game. They can't it's, get out of it. Yeah, probably going to be a couple of injuries. <laughs> um, it, it does fascinate me, the, the 
the global international tournaments that go on, Singapore Sixes, uh, what, what's going Europe on? Europe tours, going, yeah, but, everywhere. But around Asia at certain times of the year, and obviously you've got seasons to play at home, and it's trying to fit those things in between. I love the festival scene in the UK. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's just incredible. In, you know, across Europe, Easter festivals and things like yeah, that. Right. But it would just, it would just be a dream thing to be able to set this world circuit up where He's on it. If, if, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. in fact, you are I, I probably in, bloody on it. Played, <laughs> oh, played, in, played in Delft in Holland in there. June last year. Yeah. Delft, <laughs> just out of Rotterdam. Uh, played the tournament there. Amazing, amazing tournament. But uh, wouldn't it be great if we, if we get this, this, uh, a standardised format, let's say it's sevens yes. or eights or nines or whatever it is, where you could just skip oh. and then enjoy a country for a couple of weeks. It's a, yeah, it is a bit of a millionaire's tour. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. Uh, but you could dip in, pick. you could dip out. Yeah. And take, so take you choose your options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like dialing a pizza. You know, do you want extra, your salami or do you want this? Yeah, yeah I want to go to the US to Cal Cup or I want to play, yeah. um, the Hong Kong Easter tournament or I want to go to, um, the Hanover tournament or in England. And yeah, it'd be great to get a, you know, a, a central website. Oh, there's a good idea. Central website we together that people again. upload. So do we? No, just to upload the uh, information. Well, part of the beauty of all these different regional tournaments yeah, exactly. that is that they are all different formats and that they yeah. all have their own little peculiarities about them. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't think I've played in any of the fives tournaments, okay? okay. No. <laughs> I've never played in one of those, okay? Maybe, maybe, well, that's, maybe, down, maybe, that, maybe that's FIH has come up with that because no one's done that yet. So yeah, let's well, do something that might interest people. You should get down to the nest on a Tuesday night because yeah. the uh, Mr. Mr. Fives himself, Matt Allen, has got right. a fives competition going. Oh, and I take it very seriously. Yeah, he, he does. He counted the score. He told you earlier, before <laughs> yeah, we're on air, he yeah. told you the score from <laughs> last did. night's game. I'm not going to repeat that. But does it? Does it? <laughs> it's, does a huge score. it's a huge score. Yeah, it's uh, into the third. I don't, I don't count them. I just get told them. And it's, oh, of course yeah. you do. And then when I put my head on the pedal one, I go, yeah, 42-11. <laughs> 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 Let's get back to t- talking about this tournament in Indonesia. Well, look, you know that, that was fantastic. that was the Saturday, Sunday. You continue on. It's Sunday, free beer again, yeah. and then they they have presentations, bring out the nice big banner. Everyone gets their medals, and you drink free beer, and you stand on the turf, and oh. it's all fun fun and games. And uh, look, it's just good fun. The, the the interesting thing about it is when you get to the finals, and this is sort of taking tournaments even further. Eight aside, and you know you get to play your fifteen minutes of the final, and you've got a draw. You get your Five minutes, and it's just five minutes one way. Extra but you time. must, yeah, five minutes. God, but you must take you must take two players off the pitch. Right, so oh, they yeah. reduce numbers. So yeah, it yeah, becomes yeah, six yeah, aside. Yeah, and then five minutes later, yeah, you must take two players off the pitch. And oh, uh, this continues on, and after a weekend of um, plenty of rehydration and everything <laughs> like that, and three aside, it's uh, how do you know when you zero aside though? Yeah, well, what one aside for the goalkeeper each? Hey, maybe that's a new idea. New tournament. We've done that. One I've already, aside. No, I've already got to that. It, it's called Hockey Ones, and it's the goalkeeper has to save their own shot. Yeah. Brilliant. There you go. Well, they, um, in Singapore, when you play the sixes up there and you go to the uh, shuffle-off, shootouts, whatever you want to call them, sure. one-on-ones with the keeper, that's been going on now for oh, 27 years. That Penalty trot trot. Yeah. That's, you, you have to... You, you, it gives you the trot trot. It's, yeah, it's three shots, and the other team has the three shots. Alternate. That's fine. So these are some intricacies that are quite funny at different tournaments. Three shots, and after after that, you then have to alternate shooters through the rest of the team. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. So you can't run your same bank through. Nope. No. But the goalkeepers have to shoot. It ends oh, up with the goalkeepers. Right. And there's been games where a goalkeeper takes all his gear off, run in, misses, 
start putting all his gear back on. <laughs> Other guy goes out, takes his gear off, misses, and then we start again. And, uh, <laughs> and it goes through. Yeah, well, that, that seems like, uh, very much like a video umpire rever- referral at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, look, there is. Going upstairs, going upstairs. Well, that's partly why I asked Rob that question about video. Like, they're getting painful now. That it, I, I get the idea why, why it's... But we've also, we've intensified the pressure on them as well. And, and ultimately, you know what, what we're asking questions about very often is the slightest infractions in stuff. And, and stuff that you probably can't, um, you probably can't say the umpire made a mistake because they're slowing it down to these fractions of a millisecond. But you, 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 you'd you'd get over it if there was yeah, no video yeah, exactly. umpire. You'd get you over it in a second. Oh, Game plays on, away you go. Yeah, off you go. Yeah. yeah. And it's, so it's a funny one. You think, yes, we should have it because we can't have howling decisions in the mm. game. But then mm. most of the time, they're not about howlers of decisions. Yes. And in fact, they turn them into howlers sometimes with the video referral, as happened on the Belgium-New Zealand game on the weekend when um, one of the four goals was scored in the, the ladies' game. And I, it was a video referral. We'll get Keely on to talk about it because it, it was a oh, yeah. decision. We're going to talk about. We're going to go in a moment. We're going to talk about the six points. We did, didn't we? Yeah, we talked about the six points, but yeah, in depth, that. did we? Uh, yeah. I thought we had a good, well, good well, lash at it. Wanna, yeah, we talked. Remember, we talked. Yeah. Have you got something the, to add? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, just giving another little uh, random thing about these tournaments and what we were talking yeah, about yeah. about you know having a a league of tournaments or a site where they can upload their details yeah, yeah. and anyone can find, because I think that's the hardest one, someone like an ISKI tournament, they're like, okay, we put it out to friends and people around the hockey community around Asia, and it's, you know, you have different tournaments all over the world now, and California Cup, some friends played. Blaz, are, are, you on scored, are you on scored.com? Nope. North John. Oh, yeah. Uh, <sighs> come on. But again, um, yeah. They're a hockey site that are trying to do that sort of thing. Oh, so the, right. the guys at Iski need to get that up there. And Beautiful. if you've got a tournament out there, get it up there. We're getting a tournament up there. It's the Walking Hockey Festival at Fremantle Hockey Club on the 29th of March. The inaugural Walking Hockey Festival here in Western Australia. Um, the first proper real one, I think, yeah, yeah, in Australia. Definitely. definitely. Oh, um, did Douglas do one? A festival? Or they just no, some guys at Canberra... Um, Jared's um, Ivanovic oh, yeah. is um, inv- involved over there. Um, yeah, so if you're minted, get five people together, <laughs> want to come to a walk in a hockey festival from anywhere in the world, come on down. It's happening. 29th of March, Free Man Hockey Club. Is there free beer if they come? I'm, I'm very yeah. dry. I need to... I need, hang on. Lubrication. I need lubrication. Well, while we're, while we're biding our time on that... We are the reverse sorry. stick. The I clagged up podcast. then, sorry. You're listening to Matt having speech issues. Um, what have we got to finish up on, mate? Have we still got more to go? No, my, my, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You're done? I'm, I'm done. done. Well, I'll, I'll throw another little anecdote of uh, sporting tournaments around the world. Then. All right, go on. Bangkok tournament. Uh, it's eight aside, nine, no, nine aside grass field tournament, but the interesting little thing they have is when you play to a draw... You go off and you remove from that field. They have one goal set over in the sideline with a penalty flick spot, and you have to. You get removed over there. Both teams go over. You pick a separate flicker, pitch. Set, but just not even a pitch. Oh, it's a set of goals. Just a set, set of goals, goals there. And they, the yeah, yeah. And there's a dot, and you know there's a cricket net behind it to catch the balls and things. And someone comes up. So Matt's asked to take the first flick for Club A, and you know he flicks it at the goalkeeper and he scores. And then 
Johnny comes up to take the flick for Club B and he scores. Oh, and then and then and then Matt takes the next flick and he scores and Johnny takes the next flick he and he messes, scores. Oh, messes. <laughs> yeah. So they don't they don't actually change flickers. Oh, same bloke. So we had a flick there competition there the other year, uh, a couple of years ago, <laughs> and it ended up being nine eight. There was nine took someone scored nine and then finally the guy missed. Same guys <laughs> took nine in a row and eight in a row and you'd think finally the goal didn't get out, but that's just yeah, go left. Nominate your specialist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like different anecdotal thing of what all these little tournaments have increases it idiosyncrasies. That's brilliant. And that's what we like. We well, you know, the we know what 11 aside, we should know what 11 aside hockey is and the rules, and that's the pinnacle of our game. We all agree on that. And then we have all this other stuff that goes on the sideline. Well, I, I don't know why we, we're not allowed in the game to have one specialist drag flicker stationed behind the opposition goal at all times, ready to make, ready to make a substitution, and you can let a player leave the field from anywhere at any time. The keeper, keeper can step off the back line. Right half can just step over the sideline. And that player can just step on from behind, and then you've got the drag flicker on, ready for the big moment. Well, that, that actually happened in the in indoor hockey when they went to the five aside. The goalkeepers were stepping off the pitch when you right. attack. Had then you had five players on. You went dunk, <laughs> dunk, 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 and if you turned it over, the forward in the deepest corner stepped off, and the goalie stepped back on. <laughs> And, and that, that made it way more complicated, and, yeah. and, and then they went back to six aside. They learned <laughs> that it didn't actually improve the game, so back to six aside. Yeah. There you go. We've heard why that idea is silly. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you it's for joining idea. us. No, on... It's an idea. You put it out there, and that's brilliant. Thank you for joining us on episode 130 of the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Uh, if you can support us, help us out, leave some reviews, be nice, get onto iTunes, get onto Podchaser, wherever you uh, would like to review us, we'd appreciate it. Also on Facebook, we can do all that, can't we? Okay. Um, most importantly, Patreon. You can get on there oh, and have yeah. us out. We'd really like that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. We've got a team coming up in the local Diwali oh. competition. Uh, the Sikh Community P- Tournament. The Push Pass Pundit. Push Pass Pundit to be out on the field. They will indeed. Uh, thanks, Thank, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. Blazer, thanks, thanks for coming thanks. in, man. Thanks, gentlemen. Great well time, Um And make sure you get the latest edition of Hockey World News when that comes out. It'll be a ripper. But it was great to get that audio off Teo. Mm. Um, fantastic. He sent us about 15 hours worth of material. Um, can't quite fit it in, but do check out Half Court Press podcast. It'll have a fair chunk of that up there, or maybe on the Hockey Family. Um, what was lovely, though, these few words coming out of Sam Quek, uh, you know, pretty up there in the media world in the UK at the moment. It's great to hear her passion for hockey. So yeah, Tay on the field. Nice um, to meet you. Hi, it's many times. No problems. Who's this for? Is it your own publication? Or? Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, I used to work for uh, Dab Ahmed, but oh. now I'm uh, I'll send this promotion. Here we go. Yes, mate. That's how I know his job. So. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, 
firstly, I'm the tactics for the queue. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I've also got a plan to change for a hockey superstar. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's why you, I ask keep coming back to events like these, but even club hockey. There's no family, almost like a society club where hockey is on another level to any sport, in my experience. Everyone's so friendly, and listen, if I can put a smile on anyone's face, whether it's an autograph or a photo, then I'm more than happy to do that.